Live from the booth at Pops, it's time for the Riverdale Review! Welcome back, pals, to another episode of the Riverdale Review. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today in the booth by my pals in podcasting, uh, Mr. Kale Ward. I'm gonna wrestle my guts out by body slam. That, that's a thing, right? <laughs> I, it's a Pokemon move. I, I mean, those are certainly words, yeah. Jock strap. <laughs> Singlet. <laughs> What are the, what are those what are those what do they call those earmuffs that they wear? Are they just ear the guards? Head, head guards. Head guards? I think so. I don't know. Cauliflower ear. Alright, shut up. We got and Mr. Marco Kunal. Oh, uh, that's Mr. Marco Animoto, thank you very much. I don't like that. We're not going there. Yeah. Uh, no? Stop it. Okay. Yeah. All right. No. Alright. Hey. No. Uh, don't you know that I, I really think that C B Sabolsky, uh, his his recommendation that no one use pseudonyms in comics is probably the way to go. You know? So just go by your given name. It's a different podcast altogether. Agree to disagree. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, we're not on the comics, pal. So welcome back to another episode of the Riverdale Review. The Riverdale Review, excuse me, the Pals Network's weekly Riverdale Review show, uh, as I'm sure you could guess from the title. Um, so I missed last week's episode, but it's good to be back. I'm happy to be here in the second half of uh, season two. So, uh, Kel, I know there was something from last week that you wanted to touch on before we got into this week's show, right? I get one chance to host the show, and I ballsed it up. You blew Classic. It. Last week, we talked about the introduction of Special Agent Adams from the FBI, and Marco and I uh, said that he didn't have a badge. To be fair, to be fa- uh, hold on. <laughs> to be fair, I wasn't sure. I asked, and Marco gave me the wrong information. So, so you're, so you're passing the buck. That's correct. <laughs> so you're you're blameless for not knowing. But <laughs> okay, so all right. we we went with that Classic assumption. Classic America. It doesn't change my theory. I don't think he's an FBI agent. I think there's something shady there. But. He did show a badge, and I apologize for that misinformation. On behalf of Marco. All right, and Marco good. does too. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm really glad we're, we're the one week I decide to miss the show, and you guys start spreading fake news all over the internet. <sighs> all right. So, uh, we do here. Uh, on this week's show, we, you know, we're going to kick it off the way that we normally do uh, by talking, you know, giving our spoiler free reactions. So, uh, Kale, do you want to. You want to start and not spread any inaccuracies this time? Uh, okay, I'll I'll start with the the most accurate statement I could say about this episode. I didn't like it. <laughs> yep, it wasn't very good. It wasn't a particularly strong episode. Yeah, I, no, uh, I didn't think so either. All, all this garbage about wrestling and like <laughs> the you know the uh, the the town fair or whatever. It just none of it. None of it felt good. None of it um, felt particularly not relevant because obviously it w- it's what was happening, but it didn't feel uh, pertinent to anything. Like it was loosely connected. Yeah, like it was. It was just a setting. Yeah, yeah. But there was. N- Ju- it yeah. was just a theme. It almost felt like a side story. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and obviously it's totally relevant to the overall plot, um, which we'll get into in the spoiler full section, but. Yeah, um, I agree. It felt very, like, building blocky, you know? Like, we're just, we're setting threads for later episodes, and it's kind of felt that way for the last few episodes, and it's definitely a little frustrating. You know, not that, I I don't necessarily feel like last week's episode felt that way, but that's what it was doing, too. You know, it was very much like, new storylines, new storylines. Yeah, that's what last episode was supposed to do, but this one, this one felt like it, I don't know, like it, it felt 
inconsequential. Yeah, like it felt like it it felt like it moved the narrative forward, but only because it did. Yeah. Like there yeah. there are objectionable changes we can look at here, but like overall it didn't feel like it was a, a super like meaningful episode, I don't yeah. think. Yep. Mark, do you have anything else to to add? I know you already got a couple cents in there, but that's kind of all I had to uh, say. Yeah, I didn't like like Kale said, I didn't think it was a particularly strong episode. I didn't think that it did much to like I, I think it I didn't think it did much to advance like the plot like the overall plot versus the um like individuals like their story sort of continued but it felt like the overall narrative sort of fell back um which kind of uh, was it felt like a disconnect for me um the overall narrative being the the black hood narrative no like the the Hiram stuff. Like his, his, you know, his, his business and all that, um, that felt. And like, it's weird. Cause that stuff was a focus. Like there was a lot of stuff about it, but it just, it didn't feel very yeah, like consequential. None of it progressed very much. If any, if at all. Yeah. Um, I will say I, I felt like, um, I liked a lot of this stuff that was going on with both Archie and Betty though. This episode, I, I feel like they both like, had an opportunity to shine this episode just because there was a lot of focus on them. Like I definitely, uh, you know, like we got, we got steps forward with stuff that we have been wondering about for, for Betty, you know, for a long time, there was, there was some threads there that, you know, uh, we, you know, without spoiling anything, um, that we, we have expressed interest in seeing getting picked up and there's, you know, development there right so like some of that was interesting but like i'm fishing for compliments at this point you know because i don't want to just yeah just spew the hate because like i'm sure we're going to complain a lot more yeah what, but uh, it feels like like what you're saying is true you know uh kj appa and lily reinhardt were very good in this episode but for their characters like while the betty stuff that we were talking about that you know is interesting like it didn't it didn't really do anything and like like you said it does lay plot for later but i don't want later i want it now yeah no i i get get what you're saying i think at this point we're kind of circling the point as much as we can without talking about it so let's you know let's call it here for the spoiler free section uh so overall obviously we're a little lukewarm on this one uh at best so um you know, if you haven't checked it out already, now's your opportunity to jump out uh, for this, you know, without avoiding any spoilers, of which there are many. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll catch you next week. Or, uh, you know, if you don't care about spoilers, you know, stick around or come back later, whatever you got to do. So, uh, jumping into that, I feel like the main focus of this episode was was mostly around what was going on with Archie and Veronica. So, I, I'd like to start there. Um, and, like, you know, I, I feel like their two storylines are pretty closely connected so uh we're gonna have to jump around a lot this episode i know we usually kind of try to go through it like character by character but uh this was one of those episodes where it's just kind of there's so much crossover that you know we're just gonna have to get through it as best we can without turning this into a recap um so you know we kind of kick off you know with what is ultimately the framing device for the whole episode right is this uh you know founders day event kind of thing pickens day and, um, you know, we see, I think, for kind of for the first time, Veronica really, like, really being at the table 
for some of the mm-hmm. business stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like I know we, we'd kind of seen her in the last episode being involved in trying to manipulate the students, but not so much, you know, in a meeting with the mayor kind of thing. Like, obviously that's, that's kind of a big step forward for her into that world. Uh, so what did you guys think about that? I think my theory is probably going out the window, which was that like, yeah, which was that like she's trying to work her way from the in like from the inside to sort of turn Hiram's business into something like less um sinister. Yeah. And so I don't I don't know. I, I think it's uh, like the rest of this episode I think it treated some of the characters very oddly. And I think this was an instance of that which like I I I can feel like I can see her being in that um sitting there in that meeting but i can also feel i feel like her character wouldn't necessarily so i it, like there was a disconnect there for me her I, I her interactions with josie felt very wrong um and maybe it's because of what you're saying marco like you know i think we're supposed to believe that maybe she's taking on levels of like cheryl manipulation but it doesn't feel like the character of Veronica as we've seen her so far. Yeah. Would do that. Right. See, I didn't, I didn't like get that reading of it. Like I very much got, I very much get the impression that we're seeing the two sides of Veronica kind of clash with each other. And I think that was kind of supposed to be the point of that interaction was that like she is getting involved with her family's business, which means that she's starting to get involved in like, you know, Things that are illegal or things that are like aiding and abetting things mm-hmm. that are illegal, right? And I know she said, I'm not going to do anything illegal, right? But she's being involved in this in, – in the family business as it were, um, which, you know, involves some it ugly implicates stuff. implicates her already. And I, I think mm-hmm. – right. And I think – I don't think that she looks at what she was doing – with Josie as being like this Cheryl level, like manipulation. I think it is more her being like, you know, we, we need this thing for the event. Josie's my friend and I can get her to help me. And not that it's like, I'm manipulating her into do this and playing her. It's more like her mom's involved and we're friends and let's get the band together and make it a thing. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think she's coming at it from that way. I think that Josie gets that impression because of what her mother Mm -hmm. says to her, which is why I think she's so like surprised by her reaction later on. I also think, I also think, especially in terms of like Archie, it, there were times when it felt like maybe Camila Mendez knew something that she wasn't really supposed to. And so like, uh, you know, for me, it felt like it felt like she knew what Archie was trying to do in getting close to Hiram. See, I got that impression in that first interaction where like Hiram and them are like at the yeah. house and everything. I remember thinking that of being like, oh, like, is he suspicious right now? Like, you know, and then like she doesn't kiss him and stuff. And I feel like I feel like you're right that that moment was supposed was supposed to make us wonder that. You know, but I think it was ultimately more about the whole like Hiram doesn't like him thing because then that ended up being like the whole crux of their narrative this episode, yeah. right? But I, I think that was supposed to be like a red herring kind of moment. I can I can also see that, but it just like did it didn't land. She we're supposed to believe that she's in this as far as it will go, right? 
so like it it strikes me odd that you know she would see Archie trying to cozy up to Hiram and not have some intuition either way about why he's trying to do that whether it's just you know he wants to get close to Hiram so that Hiram will like Archie more you know for Veronica's sake or you know for the crime family stuff sure but yeah I don't I don't think she does have that inclination because I think when when she and him are in the hallway later and they're talking about it you know and like you know he's like oh I don't think your dad likes me and she's like no like he doesn't not like you and like I feel like she does um express that she thinks it's sweet that he wants to try to like wrestle so that he can like you know kind of bridge yeah. that gap a little yeah. bit uh, but wouldn't you if you're trying to cover for something I mean what if you I mean you're just a boyfriend I don't know why she would yeah you just that, you just come off as a boyfriend you're yeah. trying to like show you know impress yeah. her dad yeah like if if you know you're serious about someone right and like their dad hates you. I definitely could see that. Like, that's like a totally viable yeah, thing. Yeah, right? Yeah. Of like, well, I love you. And you know, like they just said, I love you. Right. So it's like him showing this interest in being like, I want your dad to, you know, respect mm-hmm. me or like, at least not hate me. Uh, I think definitely would seem genuine. Mm-hmm. Right. Like why, why, why would she assume that he had ulterior right. motives? Right. You know? Cause I feel like even uh, in the previous episode where he's like, asking those really prying questions i don't feel like it got tense but i think it got tense because they were lying to him you know not because they were like why is he asking all these questions you know because it is kind of a reasonable thing yeah 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 because how would he fucking know yeah that does make sense I'm, i'm 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 unconvinced but that makes sense that's also I, that's also sort of why I couched it in like it felt like in this moment that Camila Mendez knew something that Veronica didn't, you know. So like maybe for those of you who don't know, Camila Mendez is the actress who portrays right, Veronica. Right, right, right. Um, so like maybe this episode was shot later on, you know, and they filmed some stuff from later in the season first, or I don't know. That's just how it, that's how that felt to me. Fair enough. So yeah, I mean, I guess let's like, let's continue down that line, right? Of, of what ends up going down with Archie and Hiram, because this, a big, big, you know, portion of this episode was very much them kind of going like mano a mano, you know, like, uh, and kind of like having a dick measuring contest for, for lack of a better term. A male sexual encounter, Um, that's fine. I mean, that's what, that's what wrestling (laughs) is. Yeah. Yeah. Just get in the ring and mix it up. You just rub, rub your junk all over each other and call it a dick. That's how it yeah, works. Yeah. Is that, I guess it's the mat, actually, when you're talking about Greco-Roman wrestling. Um, I'm too used to talking, you know, pro wrestling. The real oh, shit. Sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think, um, you know, we're kind of, like, led to believe here, right, that, like, Archie's original motive for wanting to get closer uh, to Hiram or to, like, you know, be involved in this thing is for information, right? In the beginning of the episode, we see that uh, Agent Adams has, like, given him the deal that, you know, will absolve his father of any guilt. And uh, basically, he asks him to figure out how he can get closer to Hiram. And, how ha- and you know, he figures out that there's the whole wrestling angle. Hiram was a wrestler. He's super into wrestling. Great. But, um, you know, I, I think, like... As the episode progresses, we see that um, it definitely becomes personal, you know, that like 
Hiram is like putting him down and kind of like insulting uh, his masculinity because he sucks at wrestling and you know um you know this that and the other thing he's making fun of him for for singing with the girls and in the pussycats and uh it definitely becomes this thing of you know he wants to kind of prove that he's a man yeah i think i think his primary goal is still the gathering of the information but he you know he and he and veronica kind of talk about him getting close to hiram in a different way and i think his hiram's approach to hey man you're just not man enough I think that solidified Archie's decision to do it through wrestling. And I think also to take him down. Yeah, that I, I mean, maybe. Not that he wasn't already going to do it, but I think it's like, I don't know. I I feel like now he has like skin in the game, you know, like he was doing it to protect his dad and make sure he doesn't go to jail. But now I think it's also like, he's kind of like, fuck Hiram, you know? Yeah. Toxic masculinity. Yeah, I mean, literally, Veronica, I think, says it's like, you know, she. I think she calls them, like, apes beating on their <laughs> yeah. chest or whatever. Um, and, like, that's what it is, right? I Go mean, me. it's like, he shows up to the he shows up to the second wrestling practice and, like, fucking beats the crap out of him. He fucking shows up at his house at, like, five in the morning and makes him race him. <laughs> like, uh, it's it's very much, like, it's, it's very much like a, a fucking, you know, a... Uh, a dick measuring contest, you know, like Hiram wants to put him in his place yeah. and, and say that like, I'm the most important man in Veronica's life. Boyfriends come and go, but fathers are forever. Right. Like, so I don't know, man, like it's funny because I'm not like usually like Archie's not my favorite character. Right. Like, I don't, I don't think any of us feel that way about him. Um, but like, I have to say when it came to the, like that last tryout day where Hiram like invites Veronica there so that he can like be humiliated. And then he fucking is fighting Chuck who like, we know isn't in his weight class and is like the best and wrestler. Fucking and he fucking monster. Like- <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know, it's like he fucking holds his own, you know, and I literally wrote my notes. I was like, the kid manages to hold his own and glares at Hiram. You know, it's like, I have to say, like, that's pretty cool, man. Like, I, I was rooting for him. You know, it's like it was a very, like, uh, you know, Rocky Two kind of moment. <laughs> I'm interested to see how this Hiram stuff plays out long term, uh, especially because, you know, in, in Archie comics, Hiram Lodge is sort of this, well, Archie is sort of this thorn in Hiram Lodge's side. And it's not that Hiram is, you know, a, a maniacal crime boss like he is in in riverdale he's just a rich guy who you know is shitty <laughs> and wants his daughter to marry a rich guy and not yeah fucking yeah, archie. yeah and archie's just kind of the bane of his existence and it's it's you know it's it's a a, a back and forth and it's a, a constant struggle but it's not an epic you know thing like this is i mean that's like uh that's riverdale though right <laughs> it's like let's take these dynamics from Archie and like put them up to a crazy fun house mirror and stretch yeah. them out. Yeah, and so so I'm curious to see how long this can go on, or or how they do it, or I agree. how they do it in the future, especially with the FBI involved now. Right, because like what happens when Veronica finds out that Archie got her father put in jail again? Yeah, you know, like I can't imagine that I, that's it's going to be you know that's going to be the thing that ends them. Right, like we said it last last episode. There's no way they stay together. Like, no, 
Yeah, so I I don't know, man. I uh, that that's it's gonna be interesting to see how that storyline develops. I think um, because you know now he's what his apprentice, his his, his crime intern. intern. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see how that goes. I guess right. Like I don't know. I, the last thing I wanted to touch on before we move on from the Archie and Veronica stuff was just uh, you know I think this was the first time in a long time too that we at least I felt like it seemed like. Um, Veronica and Hermione have kind of mended fences, you know, mm. like they were talking to each other in a way that felt very reminiscent of season one for me, you know, where um, basically Hermione's like, oh, well, if Sierra is like so rude to her, like, I don't have, you know, I don't have any problem having a conversation with her. And I, I you know, it definitely, it definitely seemed like they were more uh, a unit than I feel like we've seen them be, be in quite some time, even though. You know, she's kind of on their side now. It felt more sort of tense mother-daughter than friendship, though. I mean, maybe so. But I don't know. I, I definitely remember feeling like that dynamic felt different to me. Yeah, there was a bit more affection, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's Yeah, I would agree with that. So let's leave it at that. So, yeah, for Betty, this episode, like... Uh, like we talked about, there were definitely some some kind of, I would say, significant developments in what's going on with her brother, Chick. Fucking Chick. And, you know, like, <laughs> yes, fucking guy. And, uh, and kind of her desire to, to be close to him, you know? I think we've, we kind of finally have an understanding of where it's all coming from. Basically, we, we, we find out, um, through Kevin, right, that he's a camboy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in, in addition to being, uh, you know, a, a male gigolo, more or less. And, um. I, sorry, before you keep going, I thought it was interesting that Jughead was just like, oh, oh, you mean you know that from, you recognize him from your adventures in the woods? Like, just in front of fucking everyone? Like. <laughs> well, I mean, it was only in front of, like, the main clique, and I feel like everybody knew, right? Did they? Maybe. I, I guess. I mean, if like, you're going to say it like I, I that, know. I guess they they must, but like. Yeah, because he didn't even react yeah. to it. He was just like, I mean, I, maybe, like, you know, like, so. Yeah, that's that's a good point, though. I, I didn't even think of that. Um, but yeah, the thing that I thought was weird was like, she was like kind of, she seemed shocked, you know, like when he tells her, you know, and, and I'm just like, really? Like, you knew he was a prostitute. Like, are you that surprised that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't know. That you was knew, weird to yeah, me. you knew something shady was going on. I guess it's I guess right. the the shock probably comes from something something to the effect of I mean it's something, you know. Oh, a camp yeah. boy. Oh. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's that that makes sense. But yeah, so it's like from there, um there's a lot of friction between them this episode. You know, I she's like trying to make a connection with him and I think he uh is skeptical, right? Like he he seems to think that she has uh, uh you know, some kind of ulterior motive, right? And I feel like that, you know, that kind of comes to a head when um, you know, he kind of confronts her at the end of the episode after they've already kind of had a similar conversation and he's like, Oh, like I get it. You know, like you're, you know, you, you feel alone here and like you thought that I could be someone for you to have a relationship with. Mm. Right. And 
she she says right uh that she wants to have a relationship with him because she thinks that he can help her understand you know um she says there's a darkness in me that i don't understand that scares me right so obviously that's a nod to dark mm-hmm. betty uh and, and the stuff we saw in season one and um there was the thing that they mentioned in the the lunch or breakfast or whatever they were having that uh you know he has the same scars on his palms from digging his nails into his uh his hands clenching his fists yeah so what uh so like my read on this is that he sees that he can manipulate her to make him money oh. not that he actually is trying to help huh. her that was that That's was a good angle thought. yeah I didn't even think that. I I just thought he was being like evil or something. Well, yeah, like it's it seems you know he he states that everything is transactional, and right. you know I to I read it as okay, this is the transaction. She just doesn't want to be alone. Um, she wants to figure out her you know her dark self. Um, which I sort of I guess I saw it more um altruistically than it sounds like Pete did but i now that you say that i mean i originally i originally thought that i was like i wrote in my notes i don't know maybe he's okay but then the end of that episode just the the way that he was looking at the screen like while jughead was narrating over it i'm like i don't know man yeah sir yeah and i think i think that's probably the only way that they can make like a statement about sex working and like the the uh the cam industry that won't come off as completely alienating and insulting yeah yeah i uh i think that makes sense so yeah this is uh oh i'm not comfortable with this storyline i really like not like this i don't want to see like betty cooper become a cam girl yeah like, i'm not about that it seems like that's where yeah. we're going and uh oh my god it's gonna be hard Did to you, watch um gonna be like watching her strip all over again <laughs> yeah that, yeah you know what that's exactly what it's gonna be like and you know what some some serpent is gonna come across it and jughead's gonna see it it's yep. gonna be like yeah i was gonna say it's gonna be jughead or something so yeah i guess let's uh let's move along to to what was going on with jug there was like a little bit of tension it seemed like right between uh betty and jug when she realized that he's going to spend time with tony um, so I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to be something that comes up again in the, uh, the near future. I would imagine so. One of, one of the, you know, new love triangles that I guess we have developing here. But, um, you know, so Jug is like interviewing Tony's grandfather about the history of the serpents because he's one of the founding members. I think that he says he's the oldest living serpent. And, uh, we find out that their traditions actually come from a Native American tribe that uh was slaughtered by pickens you know and um well i forget what their name was i have it written down here ukutena i think it was yeah the ukutena yeah i think that's right um yeah the ukutena okay ukutena um ukutena no yeah ukutena the u-k-t-e-n-a this was this was all a play to those social justice warriors uh, <laughs> get out of here, Marco. Get out of the booth. <laughs> you know, this is what happens every time you go on 4chan, Marco. You say you just want to download anime rips and you just, you just turn into a monster. <laughs> um, no, no, anyway. but I thought this was 
an odd arc for for Jug. It, it's odd to me because at the first season, right, he was very much trying to distance himself from his father, from what his father does, all this stuff. And we've seen him sort of grow into where the serpents are now in season two, but he still tries too hard. We were talking about that, I think, in the last one. Like he mm. he he tries too hard to to be like these people when he doesn't need to be. And like this was like another step. He's like, no, it's like our territory, our homeland. And like he's not. Yeah, we we talked about he's not comfortable in his skin yet. The right. the the thing FP says about his his uh you know a serpent is still a serpent even when he's hibernating. Right. Yeah. Right. And the fact that like you know every other one of. Not everyone, but the the two other named serpent characters, right? Tony and Sweet, um, Pea. Sweet Pea are both have no problem not wearing their yeah. their uniform, yeah. you know, or their jackets, right? They have no problem wearing the horrible school clothes that the principal's making them wear. You know, Jughead's the one who like feels the need to mm-hmm. prove something, but uh, you know, I feel like that's fairly consistent for like where his character's been lately. You know, it's like I think a lot of his identity has changed, you know, like his like you said, his whole thing in season one was not wanting to be like his father and wanting to, like, get out of Riverdale and become a writer or whatever. And like now he wants to be a serpent and like that is going to lead to him doing things differently. I agree with you, Marco. This felt weird. Like it's a it's certainly a message worth telling. And the (sighs) Tony's. Tony's statement that it's not Jughead's story to tell also rang very true. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting wrinkle in the story. You know, I wasn't expecting it to take that stance, and, like, I liked that. You know, that she's upset with him for using their story as a means to an end for him, right? So that he can wage his crusade. Yeah, and and I also wonder if this is a little bit of foreshadowing, because she says this is not his story to tell, right? But we're also, like, to parallel this with Cheryl, who is also learning that her, you know, her great-great-grandpappy Barnaby P... No, Barnaby B. Blossom ordered Pickens to go do this. Like, I wonder if there's a a, a parallel there on purpose. Like, I, I I don't think necessarily that the the serpent... Or the uh, the Uptena story is necessarily what we're supposed to focus on, but I wonder if there's a, a narrative here and through there with Cheryl that will play out. You know, I I, I think there will be. I think you're right. I, I think that we're going to see Jughead kind of return to the character that we knew him as in season one. You know, I, I do think that we're going to eventually see him walk away from the serpents, mm-hmm. and not necessarily in a bad way. But that, like, he's going to realize that, you know, there's that he has uh, bigger things to do than, you know, uh, honor his father's legacy or whatever. Right. Like, I I think that's going to be his arc. And I think we're going to see a similar arc for Cheryl that, you know, it's going to be about kind of evolving past the sins of your your parents or your forefathers. There ends up being a, a fair amount of fallout. From the article that, uh, that Jug writes about the whole situation, right? That he, he makes this case that, you know, Pickens was a murderer and that, you know, that that's, that's what they're honoring, right? They're honoring, uh, genocide essentially. And, uh, you know, because of that, we get that conflict that we were talking about earlier, right? With, uh, Mayor McCoy f- 
like basically getting Josie to back out of uh, the Pussycats reunion because, you know, she you know, seemingly reveals the truth about the Lodges. Or at the very least reveals it um, in respect to Veronica. Yeah. Right, but she does say, like, my mother has to play by your parents' rules, but I don't have to play by your rules. Oh. So, like, whether or not she gave away all of the intricacies of their deal, mm-hmm. it definitely seems like she has an understanding of what's going yeah. on, right? That her mother owes them something. And I, I thought this was really interesting because I wonder if this is going to have bigger implications for Veronica outside of just Josie. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think so. I, I mean, I think uh, at at the very least it's going to affect her relationship with Archie. Um, I think it – I think especially with um, Jughead now is, is starting to kind of poke his nose in, in places it doesn't belong. And he's sort of been known to do that. Um, yeah. I think we're going to see – Jughead and Hiram come into conflict, and then that's going to put stress on Veronica as well. Mm, yeah, yeah, because I could, I could see that leading to conflict again between Archie and Hiram. Yeah, you know, like at, where they get to a point where they're they're seemingly close or actually close, maybe because you know we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll see what happens. I I think that's probable, though. I think that's probably a solid theory. So, in addition to that, uh. You know, we, you know, Jug goes to apologize to Tony and her grandfather. And, uh, you know, he, he says the line, whatever your reasons were, you opened an old wound. Now something has to be done to heal it. So that kind of takes us to, uh, Pickens Day, right? So, um, there, you know, the serpents show up and, you know, they have this protest that, uh, Hiram kind of co-ops and puts a good spin on it, right? Um, can, can I can I say like Jughead like, goes t- when when he when, when they went in and Jughead was there, Tony was on the on the mic and they were yelling and like, oh whatever whatever, and then Hiram Kazan like spins the thing. I believe him for a sec. I was like, wow, you're right. Riverdale is really cool. We should have get sold out. I was like, whoa, he tricked me. God, so Dale, <laughs> so Dale is the worst thing, <laughs> dude. He he's uh, Soto Sopa. He's good Ch- at what he does. Town. Shepa Town, <laughs> historic Sodale. I think, and I think, I think the reason Tony's grandfather stopped Jughead, uh, you know, before you were interrupted, that's that's what you were gonna say. Ta- uh, Tony's right. grandfather grabs Jughead and stops him from going up to fight. Grandpappy, he knew where this was going. He's seen it over and over and over again. I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. Because I definitely think Jughead is on Hiram's radar now. Yeah. You know, after he went after him for the quote and everything, yeah. and this happens, I think, I definitely think you're right, that there's going to be something there. Um, so, but when the serpents do show up, the thing that they interrupt is uh, one of the few, like, <laughs> musical numbers I was, like, actually excited about, which was just, no, dude, because listen, it's it was, a sh- it was a fucking shade, it was just shade, shade getting thrown <laughs> left and right, and I loved it. Like, Mary McCoy shows up and just fucking throwing the shade at <laughs> Hermione, right? She's glaring at her, and then it's like, what do we got going on? Veronica and the Pussycats. And I was, I literally wrote in my notes, in all caps, damn! Yeah. It's like, that yeah. is fucking low. And I was like, yo, like, the real Pussycats are there. Like, her band, who, like, abandoned her, is there to back up Veronica. Like, oh boy. I was like, I love this. So good. Like, the musical number, whatever. It was whatever. But the... That scene was just so like, oh my god. 
the drama, the unbelievable drama. It was good. Uh, the music was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, it always is. There was like a good song like, or two. I'm not a fan of the music. It, early, like, early on. Once in a yeah. while. Yeah, but like, I do not like the music in the show, especially because like my big problem with it is like, like every CW or network television show with music in it that isn't uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, like they always try to pass off people singing as like, we're just naturally singing when it's this like, hyper-produced, perfectly mixed. It's like, dude, it's so fake, but nobody sounds like this. Nobody. Let alone, like, seven people in one small town. You know? Like, the fuck out of here. Every teenager has a perfect (laughs) singing voice. I can't. That that always really turns me off. Um, It's like, at least on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, everything's a musical number. So it's like, okay, fine. This is, you can get away with that. It's part of the show. This is just we're just we're just singing in a gazebo, and we sound like we've got the world's greatest sound guy. Can't get nothing. Out of here. Nothing live sounds that good, especially in some small town like soiree where it's like, who's working that yeah. PA? Who? Get out of here! I've done enough live shows to know professionals don't even do a good job half nope. the time. <laughs> uh, so we also kind of get the um. Final thread, right? The the cap on on the whole Hiram Archie thing, right? Where like, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, there's one more thing we got to touch on before that, which was uh, what happened with um, with Coopers, where Hal says he's gonna not come, finds out jerk. about the whole camboy situation, yeah, Hal's a fucking and then shows dick. up to have a v- it, like to have a very public argument about this. It's like, what are you doing, yeah. man? Like, let's talk about this when they show up at home. Yeah, and it it really, I think, speaks to, one, his character, but two, how he how he wants to sort of manipulate Alice. But he sucks at it. I, yeah, sort of. I think she's holding her ground a little oh bit God. more here, though, than normal. I, I did, well, yeah, but she, like, that one point that she made, I loved her. She's like, I threw yeah. you out yeah, again. Yeah, I was yeah, like, I threw you out for sure. Do it again. I was like, yeah, you go, Alice. Like, fuck I'm Alice. actually surprised she didn't go ahead and just do it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because, like, he's been a, a royal ass this entire time. Which, like, might be founded because it seems like Chick is a scumbag. But, like, he's still being <laughs> a dick. Yeah. All that leading to the culmination of Mrs. Blossom hearing about it. Oh, yeah. Or hearing their fight and making uh, making moves on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, I love that scene of him walking by and she realizes she just has this fucking candy red apple. And I was like, oh my god, that's like so just so appropriate, yeah. you know? It's like very uh, you know, Snow White, Wicked Witch kind of well, situation. I was like, I'm about. It, it was very, it was very Cheryl esque. Like this oh, was oh, this yeah, was absolutely. this was the moment where we see. Oh yeah. This is where Cheryl gets it. <laughs> yep. Here's here's the angle I can work. I Yeah, uh, I'm about it. I like how they're using her character this season. Like, I like that she's getting a little more mileage. I think, yeah, I think we're going to see her coming out as something real evil this time. I think, you know. Yeah, like uh, a major player. Yeah, Mr. Blossom was, obviously he was bad news, but I, fe- I feel like once you get the misses in there, Un- unchained to her husband that's when the you know that's when the real shit starts flying i feel like especially because you know we kind of saw her neutered in the yeah. first mm-hmm. season 
or not first season, uh, first half of the season, right? Where she was very afraid of her daughter and she is not anymore. And like, I think that's gonna play into this overall arc that we're talking about for Cheryl, where she is, you know, I think going to uh, try to change the Blossom's reputation. Do you think she and Hal are going to have an affair? I think so, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're definitely going to fuck. A hundred percent. I'm just saying, dude, like that scene where she shows up and she's like, it looks like you could use some company and I have nowhere to be. And he literally yeah. just is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he just smiles at her. And I was like, <laughs> like, he's definitely like, you're definitely propositioning yeah. me right now. It's like I'm a doofy down. look, which is like, oh, oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like. Like hundred yeah. percent. If they don't, if they don't fuck, I'll be, I'll be so shocked. Yeah, yeah, I agree. the The only reason I could s- see there being like a case for it not happening is there are some family connections there, but like through marriage and you know, so whatever. I think that's happening. Uh, all right, so now let's jump into the uh, the kind of final bit with uh, with Archie and Hiram. So you know, Hiram approaches Archie at you know, the festival and, uh, you know, congratulates him on his win. And Archie's literally like, like, are we done? Like, are we <laughs> done with this now? You know? And, uh, <laughs> he invites him to come by, you know, he shows up later and, uh, we kind of learn about the quote criminal internship of Archie Andrews. Right. Uh, he, uh, he says, let's start with a clean slate. Where do you see yourself in five years? And, you know, Archie says he doesn't want to study music anymore. He wants to study business. And he gets his, you know, uh, his internship with Lodge Industries, as it were. So while that happens, though, he gets that phone call from uh, Agent Adams and ignores it. And, like, obviously he's going to ignore it in that situation. I missed that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That happened. And and I'm wondering if that's supposed to be symbolism that he's actually committing Uh. to this or if it was just... The, you know I think what it I mean? was the moment. Like, obviously, he's gonna mute his phone. I, yeah, I think it's a moment. I, I, I get what you're getting. Yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, mm, mm. Like, I don't, I don't think that's mm-hmm. what's happening, but I can see that being the case based on how it was shot. You I think maybe I mean? now it's getting personal to Archie, like, like m- more so. I think so, so too. I don't think he's necessarily you he, what you think he's gonna go too. He's he's already too deep. I don't think he's already too deep. I think he's doing it to get at him. And uh, and simultaneously, it's advantageous to Agent Adams. But I think I think it's a thing of Archie doing it to get at Hiram and like get in his face and just really stick it to him. I totally agree. That's that's exactly where I'm at with that because I, I feel like you know in the beginning of the episode, right? Like he says he wants to get this over as quickly as possible and get back to his normal life, right? That he just wants to protect his dad. And then when he talks to Kevin. In the locker room, like, he says, like, it's personal. Like, I want to prove Hiram wrong. And, like, what does Hiram say to him? You can't win. You can't win with Veronica. Boyfriends are temporary. Fathers are permanent. And he throws the fact that he was there for him, for her when he was in jail. You know? And I, I wonder if he doesn't, like, knowing Archie, if he's not, like, put him back in jail, and then I win. And then I'm the I'm the man that's there for her. Yeah, that makes sense. That's That's where I think he's coming from at this point. Because Hiram definitely insulted him, you know? And, like, Archie was, like, not backing down. Uh, so, yeah, any uh, any closing thoughts on this one? How to do better. 
Excuse, excuse what? me. What? How do, do better? better? Oh. Oh yeah. No, he's a trash boy. Yeah. I, this episode, now that we've talked about the plot, comes across a little better. But the the actual execution in the episode just wasn't great. Yeah. I I think this was an episode that was all about subtext. Yeah. Like, the subtext of what was there was interesting, but a lot of the execution, I think, definitely left uh, something to be desired. But uh, it definitely puts us in an interesting place, right? I mean, uh, the the closing of the episode is uh, that somebody's vandalized the Pickens statue, and, you know, Hiram throws the finger at the serpents, and, you know, we're we're back to all-out civil war, I think. So, we'll see where that goes next week. And uh, hopefully nobody attacks the diner, and we'll be back. And the riots that ensue. Is it? Is that? A, you yeah. think that's an option? I mean, it might happen. Somebody got murdered here. Who knows? Oh God! They almost got murdered. I know. Well, that's true. You're right. There was no murder. It was close, though. Attempted, Attempted murder. murder. Stranger, Stranger Things, man. Stranger Things. I eat here. <laughs> <laughs> So with that, uh, that's going to wrap up the conversation here on the Riverdale Review this week. Uh, remember, if you want to write in with your thoughts on the show, uh, you can hit us up in the comments down below, or you can send us an email at thecomicspals at gmail.com, or hit us up anywhere your social media is sold at the Comics Pals. Uh, check out the Comics Pals uh, Mondays on uh, our you know any podcast platform, and uh, you know uh, as well as YouTube. And uh, you can also check out, you know, some of our other shows. Like we got the Video Game Pals on Tuesdays, and uh, just you know, you know, hit that subscribe button. Check out some of the other stuff we're doing. If you enjoy the show, uh, there's a good chance you'll like some of the other stuff we're doing too. Um, so uh, you know, you can follow any of us on our individual social medias. They're up on screen now. If you're on YouTube, you can get them down below. Any of the other places, and uh, you know, we'll catch you next week. Pop checks on the table. Can I get a bag for my ice cream? Guys, do you think this could happen to us? Could happen to us? Could happen to us?